Welcome to The Ambitious Introvert, the leading growth and development podcast for the estimated 56% of us who recharge by going inwards. Our purpose is to help you manage your social battery and own your energy so you can reach your true potential in your business, your career, or your life. I'm your host, Emma-Louise Parks, a former air traffic controller, entrepreneur, and a success coach with over 15 years experience. I've supported hundreds of introverts like you who dream big and are ready to take action towards making those dreams a reality without compromising their energy in the process. Each week, my guests and I will be sharing tips, tricks, and hacks on how to build your resilience, master your mindset, and cultivate self-leadership. Skills that will help you reach your goals without trying to be someone that you're not. We'll also be sharing valuable lessons and insights from our own personal experiences, all focused on one thing, helping you own your energy to reach your potential. Welcome back to the Ambitious Introvert podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. This episode has probably been a long time in the making because today's guest, David Hall, and I have been connected for a number of years. We are connected on socials. I think we've been in the same summits. We've had many of the same guests on the podcast. There's so much crossover in our audience and in what we do. And I've always admired his work from afar. And finally, I was able to invite him to the podcast and got to meet and chat with him. And we both said it's kind of crazy when that happens because you feel like you know someone, but you only know them on the internet. So it was really great to spend some time with David having this conversation. So he is the author of Minding Your Time, Time Management, Productivity and Success, especially for introverts. And his book helps readers understand themselves and their introversion and how to be more successful in managing their time and productivity, which is very akin to what I would call owning your energy. So such an aligned topic for us here. David's also the host of the Quiet and Strong podcast, where he interviews thought leaders, creatives and successful professionals on how to leverage the strengths of introverts. So What's really interesting is we tend to have this, as I've talked about before, this blanket term for introversion and think that it's a very narrow kind of definition. And it's not. Introverts come in all shapes and sizes and traits and ways of being. And, you know, David and I discussed this. David and I are actually very, very different. Our strengths are quite different. Our personalities are quite different. And fundamentally, none of that matters because as introverts, we both understand the importance of managing our time, owning our energy and the need to recharge and fill our own cup after we have been spending time with people. So in this conversation, David shares more about his journey of the discovery of being an introvert, the different layers that kind of gave him that self-awareness some of the strengths that he sees introverts having that we really need to be leveraging in order to own our energy. We talk about our shared love of personality tests, which is no surprise to any of you that have been listening for a while. We talk about time management and creating space and how, you know, the typical kind of productivity hacks don't always work for us. And it was interesting to t- get David's take on introversion from a gender perspective. 
I obviously serve both genders and have coached both genders, but predominantly I attract females. And it was so interesting to talk to him as a male introvert and see the differences that we saw. So I know that you're going to enjoy this conversation. David's work is very, very needed, and I am thrilled to be able to share it with you here today. David, we were just saying before we hit record, we feel like we've been in each other's orbit and known each other for a long time. But in fact, we've never spoken before today, even though in my mind, you are always coming on the podcast. So welcome (laughs) and thank you for being here. Thanks, Emma Louise. Yeah, I feel the same. I feel like I know you already. So it's good to actually finally chat with you. And that I think that's the lovely thing sometimes about social media podcasts and where we get to kind of quote unquote know the other person or you get a sense for them and you feel their energy that then when you hop on a call, it's just very normal. It's just like, oh, I like this is like chatting to an old friend. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. So there's so much that I think we can dive into because I find your brand and what you do for introverts super fascinating. But first off, what Can you remember the moment that you found out about introversion, the term, and went, oh, that's me, and really identified with it? Okay, so it was definitely a long journey for me, you know? Like a lot of my guests on my podcast, I I felt like something was wrong with me, and I didn't know what it was. Why couldn't I be more at ease in social situations like that person, you know? Why can't I be gregarious is, is a word, <laughs> you know, I wanted to be more, more, more like that. And, you know, I think in college, I, I got a degree in psychology and I was probably introduced to the term, but even then there wasn't the awareness of what it means to be an introversion, I think that we have now. And I got a master's degree again, I'm slowly figuring things out, but where the turning point was, was I got some good professional development at work and I got certified in the Myers-Briggs. And I also was a facilitator for, at the time it was called Strengths Quest, and then it was Strengths Finder, and now it's called Clifton Strengths. And I could talk about those two things. But in the in the Myers-Briggs training, you know, it's it's about introversion, extroversion, and, and a few other things that I know you're aware of. The facilitator said introverts think and then speak and extroverts speak in order to think. And I'm like, oh, wow. And that was a big light bulb moment for me. And, you know, I I definitely, there was a lot of other things that came out of that, but it was this other, the Clifton strengths, I got trained in it to, to give, and I gave it to my whole organization. It's not about introversion, extroversion, although there's, there's pieces that you could argue are, but the, the, what I got out of that was we all have strengths. And just as an overview, there's like 34 themes of talent and they look at your top five because that's where you should focus, you know, putting more focus on your strengths and not your weaknesses. I love that concept. But just the fact that my strengths were natural, it was, it was just a big epiphany for me. So the combination, introversion, you have great strengths. It all came together to realize, oh, wow. You're an introvert. You didn't choose it, but you sure can choose to embrace it. And and these things are very natural. And some other epiphanies that came along with that is I had a colleague at work that's opposite of me, but we started to present on introversion, extroversion, on strengths. 
and you know, we were we were working really well on a lot of different projects, but we were very different. But we understood that, and just the it was a really nice way to see it. Like here's David's strengths, and here's this other person's strength. They work well together, and they're different. And and so there was a lot of epiphanies like that. I think the Myers Briggs is the gateway for a lot of people into it because you know a lot of HR organizations are, do, are doing it now as a standard thing whether people are applying or going for promotions and yeah it to me that was the obvious when I took mine and got INFJ and read it I went oh and the interesting thing for me is I literally was I was quite tearful because I went this is so accurate and it's so me and I have a friend and I sent him the link and I said just take this test and tell me which four letters you get because I recognized in that friend so much of myself. And 15 minutes later, he was like, INFJ, why? I was like, okay, now I <laughs> like now I, I've tested this on myself and I've tested it on someone else and I believe it. And I actually I did my Clifton Strengths last year for the first time. I thought it was fascinating, so fascinating and really helpful for me with team development in the business of recognizing because execution, no execution strengths are in my top 20. I don't think they're all like way yeah. down the bottom, but I've got like maximizer, strategic ideation, all of these. And it's like, oh, okay. I'm not meant to be doing the things. I'm meant to be planning the things and like dreaming up the things and seeing the big picture of the things, but let someone else do the, you know, actual execution. So that was, that was game changing. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I think, you know, definitely earlier in my life and with positions I was in, it was kind of like, oh, everybody should be the same. You know, it's a one size fits all. And it absolutely isn't. You know, we all have our strengths for whatever reason. And we need to work together, introverts, extroverts, all kinds of different strengths to to get things done. And yeah, mine, mine are <laughs> mine are definitely in the more thinking side, you know. And that's so like you say, there's this conditioning of, oh, everyone should be doing this and this is how it, it should be. A client of mine who's very creative and very, you know, very talented in that aspect. But again, like me, not so much in the execution. She actually felt bad giving her team things to do because she felt like she was giving them like a prison sentence because she knows how she feels doing those tasks. She couldn't quite understand that not only did they love that type of thing and they enjoyed it but her paying them for it was like but they couldn't believe their luck and she was like how can anyone like this i was like but that's the <laughs> whole point right we've all got those different strengths and talents yeah absolutely so i know that you talk a lot about the strengths of introversion of which there are many but just to give people a feel for your philosophy on it what in particular do you see that we can do general, and I know it's broad generalization, but what can we do so much better than extroverts? So my definition of introversion is that we turn inward more often than not, you know, and everybody thinks, everybody pays attention to what's going on around them, but we're spending more time in our inner world of ideas. And from that come a lot of great strengths. And again, we're all different. And that's why I do like like the Myers-Briggs or Clifton Strengths because it gets at some of those things that are different. But overall, we spend a lot of time thinking. So we have some great ideas. We um, can be very strategic, like you said. And we can 
have great imaginations, come up with innovative solutions. Some people are more empathic, like yourself, for whatever reason, I'm not, you know, so, so some of that, you know, empathy, you know, can really, combined with your deep thinking can be very powerful. Those can be very powerful gifts. And we notice things. And again, there's just very many ways that we're, that we can differ. But the big thing is, I think that we're deep thinkers or deep thinkers and deep feelers. And I'm glad you made that distinction because I hammer this home all the time that introversion is about how we recharge and how we process information and that that going inwards and not necessarily about being shy or worrying about public speaking and those kind of traits. And that going inwards, like back to the strengths thing, I find that if I don't have enough time to do that, then I start to feel not great. I might feel overwhelmed or I feel a little bit frazzled. And it always comes back to that with me. I'm like, have I spent enough time on my own and blocking out the rest of the noise, you know, not consuming too much, whether it's social media, reading TV. And when I start to feel that, I know that if I can just give myself some time to turn inwards, I'm going to feel like a new person again in a few hours. Yeah. And so we definitely, as introverts, we talk a lot about the need for recharge, which is real, you know, and we need to be aware of what causes our, our need to recharge. And, you know, as we'll both say, it's not, to me, I, I don't like the really simple definition that we get drained by people and get energized by being alone because there's some people that energize me out there. It's certain people in certain situations drain me. But I always take it a step beyond that. It's not just that we need time for recharge. We need time to use our deep thinking abilities. You know, we need time for focus, time for strategic thinking, time for planning, time for dreaming. So we need to give ourselves plenty of time to use our gifts as well. And recharge is important, but there's more to it than that. You know, spending that time that we need alone and finding that time that we need for connections with other people, kind of finding that balance. I'm going to share this with you now because I know that you'll appreciate it. My Google Calendar, I have the different sections like, you know, calls or admin or focus time. And I have a section and it's called space to dream. And I have to make sure that I block out time each week so that I'm like, all right, nothing gets scheduled here. Nothing's happening. This is my spaciousness. Yeah, that's brilliant. I don't think I've called a calendar item that, but maybe I'll start. <laughs> that's <laughs> That's great. And it's it's productive, but also it's just something that we also enjoy. You know, we need to spend that time to use our great imaginations, but it also could be very productive as part of the work we're doing, but it doesn't have to be. Totally. And I'm a really visual person. So if I can look at a calendar and see that I haven't put that in, or there's been a few weeks where that hasn't happened I'm like, all right, I need to put it in. It's a different color, you know, everything's a different color so I can glance really quickly. And I think it's just an important reminder that you've got to cultivate space for space. Like you've got to make the time. It's not just going to appear. Absolutely. And that's a big part of what I do. So I'm figuring out that I'm an introvert, right? And a lot of it came from this professional development. At the same time, I have a full-time job that definitely can take a lot more than full-time work. I'm running a business with my wife and I have three kids. So I'm, I'm learning about my introversion, but I'm also, I'm also figuring out, I'm, I'm reading time management books and thing. I'm listening to podcasts and I'm figuring out, oh, 
there's some needs I have, like that we're talking about right now. There's some needs that I have as an introvert that aren't being called out in these books I'm reading. And so that was that was my first book was Minding Your Time, Time Management, Productivity and Success, especially for introverts, because what you're talking about is it's so important, you know, to leave space on our calendars or to make space. You know, um, I one of my strategies in the book is really, you know, doing a a regular deep retreat with yourself to think about what you got to do. But then every week kind of looking at your calendar and and saying, okay, when do I need that space to dream? And I'm going to start putting that on the calendar. (laughs) But when, you know, is this particular activity, even though I might enjoy it, am I going to need space after it? Like right now, Emma Louise, I love this conversation I'm having with you, but guess what? I have an hour blocked off after just in case I need to recharge. And you you make those kinds of strategies where you realize, hey, I need some time to think here or I need some time to focus. You know, multitasking is not effective for any of us. And I think it's less effective for introverts. I need some time to focus or, you know, I need some time. And one of the biggest things that we need to understand as introverts is that we need to prepare for things much differently than our extroverted friends. You know, whether that's a speech or even a meeting presentation, we need to prepare ahead of time to be our best. It's so true. In November last year, it was just a weird time period where a lot of people that I'm very close to, but that live overseas, ended up being in London separately. And of course, I want to see these people because these are close friends, people I don't get to spend much time with. But it happened that over like a four-week period, I ended up going to London four or five times, which you know, it's only, it's only an hour and a half. It's not far, but it's London. It's a very busy, dense city. And of yeah. course, then we're out, you know, these people are in London, they want to see the sights or we're going to go out for dinner and all of this. And two of them were group situations, which, you know, fine. I, I know that all the people, I like them, but it's still a group, which is very challenging for me energetically. And I knew it was going to be tough. And I knew this in advance, but I was like, on this occasion, I want to do it. I don't want to turn any of it down. But I didn't record the podcast in November. I batched to make sure that, you know, the times that I was working, I wasn't going to be expending energy. And then in December, everything was a hard no. People were like, oh, do you want to meet up? No, no. December, <laughs> December was just like, I'm not doing anything. We can schedule for January. Yeah. Yeah. That just makes me tired even thinking about it because you probably had a lot of expectations like show us the sites, right? <laughs> yeah. Show us the sites. Take us to the restaurants, like do the things. And it was it was wonderful, but equally I know that that's not sustainable for me all the time. It was very random series of events and, you know, some of it was like holiday celebrations and that was great. But December was like, okay, don't talk to me. (laughs) Don't talk to me. Don't schedule anything in person. Because even, I don't know, for me, like getting on train to go to London for 90 minutes, that's really tiring. (laughs) Like that trains are busy. I'm surrounded by people. Then, you know, I'm going to get the train back and all the whole the energy of just being in a city, that's a long day. And so like you saying about blocking off an hour after this conversation, as much as I might have a great time, I need to block off the day after that to recover. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's the that's important thing to remember. It's like, okay, where is my energy? You know, where, how do I need to manage my calendar? And can I plug in times where I think I'm going to be drained? Or, you know, can I plug in can I change my weeks or in your case, even change the month of December 
based on on what's going on. And and we all have different um, amounts of control over our calendar, but as much as we can control it to think about how we can best use our energy, that's that's the ideal situation for the introvert is, is realizing, hey, I do need a balance of being by myself, but also connecting with those I care about. And I also need some time to get some work done and, and that kind of thing. And so, you know, how am I going to manage my calendar, you know, overall, and then just by the week, by the day. I love it. I couldn't agree more. And I definitely recommend color coding your calendar and adding in some space <laughs> space to dream or, you know, yeah. space to be offline or, or whatever the thing is for people, because that has been, that was quite illuminating for me because I used to think I had a lot of space until I scheduled it in. And then I was like, oh yeah, no, I I really didn't. Not as much as I thought anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So something that we touched on before we hit record, and I think this is really interesting because we have maybe a slightly different view on this, which I love, is I work predominantly with females, but not exclusively. And actually, when I was coaching in air traffic control, I coached predominantly males who were a mix of introverts and extroverts. That was fascinating because the way they responded to instruction was very different as well. I would be instructing an introvert and I'd be like, what are they thinking? And they're, you know, controlling these planes on my license. And I'm like, I have no idea what they're going to do next. Whereas the extrovert's like, oh, I'm going to turn this and I'm going to climb this. And I get, because they're processing it like out right, right, right. But I see, you know, from the men that I know that are introverts, and maybe this is like a British society thing, that can be a little more challenging because this gregariousness you talked about, this confidence, this you know, being one of the guys and in a group of people and wanting to socialize in that way is actually quite extroverted. And a lot of them I know are like, I don't want to do it. But there's this kind there's a little bit of like social pressure and conditioning, I'm going to say on it. Now, you had a completely different take, which I loved. So share with us what you see about females as extrovert, uh, sorry, as introverts. So definitely not an expert here, <laughs> but it it seems like in general, that women tend to be more social naturally than men anyway. And so sometimes I think it could be more difficult to be an introvert and a female, especially if you don't understand your introversion. You know, if you need that time alone, but you're, you're, you don't understand that, that you're an introvert and you have great strengths, but you have to also have to honor those needs. And, you know, definitely, we, you know, I always am busting the myth that we don't need connection because we absolutely do. But I think it's it can be more acceptable for the guy to be the more loner type. I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, but I, I just think that in, in my view, it could be harder or it could even be harder because men aren't as social as women in general, introvert or extrovert. I find that fascinating and so accurate because I think from a social expectations point of view yeah if you see like a guy out in a bar having a drink on his own that's okay but if you saw a woman out having a drink on their own I think a lot of people would be like oh that's weird and there is this maybe it's like the nurturing you know maternal if you look back at you know how we were as hunter-gatherers and when we're living in living in the tribe and all of that the women would kind of come together and and support each other. And it is a little bit more of a social unit than maybe the guys going out on their own, you know, hunting and gathering. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's great. And I, I also just made the observation, you know, 
going out to lunch by myself, you know, just, and part of it could just be that I am looking for that space just to, you know, recharge. And I would notice that there was a lot of other guys eating by themselves, but not a lot of other women eating by themselves. And I just thought that was really interesting. So there's definitely some differences there and, you know, things to explore. And it all boils down to what do you want and how do you get that? You know, how do you get what you want, whether you are a man or a woman and introvert or extrovert? How do you understand yourself so that you are getting what you want? That is really funny as well because as I said to you before we hit record I have a friend who's an extrovert and generally a very confident person and she freaked out about the thought of going out to dinner on her own and eating out on her own because she's so used to being around people she said it felt very vulnerable whereas I'm just you know I'll take a book and I'm quite happy to sit on my it just (laughs) doesn't even it just doesn't even cross my mind (laughs) whereas she felt like oh this is this is actually really uncomfortable so yeah maybe that is more of a of a gender specific thing rather than an introvert extrovert thing yeah maybe yeah super interesting thank you for sharing your opinions on that I just it's very nice to have another introvert (laughs) to to riff with and thank you for being here and obviously sharing all of your wisdom today on the podcast. I'm going to pop all of your links in the show notes where people can find you, your podcast, your website, your book, all of that. But just for now, if they want to look you up right away, where's the best place to connect with you easily? Quietandstrong.com. And that's my website. It has blogs and that's the name of my podcast, Quiet and Strong. But you can also find links to the podcast there and basically everything. Amazing. I'll pop that in the show notes and all the other links as well. I hope you don't need too much of your hour to (laughs) to recharge. Yeah, we'll see. But it's there just in case. I love it. I love it. Introvert scheduling. Thank you so much, David. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Emily. This has been great. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. I hope that you're feeling expanded to what's possible for you, motivated to take action and inspired about how you can start to own your energy. I share even more tools and resources on my introverts only email newsletter. By signing up, you not only get early access to the ambitious introvert products and services, but you also get brand new podcast episodes delivered straight to your inbox every Monday, meaning you'll never miss your weekly dose of introvert friendly inspiration. Sign up now at theambitiousintrovert.com slash newsletter or click the link in the show notes. See you next week.